navigating life through the Word of God. This is the Bethel Baptist Church Podcast. Anything that happens on Saturday might end up in a sermon. So be careful if you have around me. And so I began to think of another cliche that we hear all the time. And that cliche is, favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair is not found anywhere in the Bible. You'll find it on maybe the cover of a T.D. Jakes book. Uh, You may find it on somebody's wall for motivation, but you will not find favor ain't fair. For my proper people, favor isn't fair. It's not in the Bible. Uh, But so many of us use that statement and we use it, watch this, a lot of times uh, to suggest uh, that God has just looked out for me in ways he don't look out for others. Uh, uh, we, 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 we use it to make it seem as though uh, we have some kind of inside track to God that other people don't have. Uh, But the truth of the matter is this, uh, whenever you subscribe to that notion, uh, you are doing so in error uh, because God is not the kind of God who will just give you an inside track and not give the same inside track to somebody else. Uh, See, the truth of the matter is, here it is, uh, God, the God that we serve knows how to show favor without showing favoritism. Okay, I I just messed some of you up. There's a difference in favor and favoritism. Okay, here it is. Uh, uh, Favoritism or favor is something that is done or granted out of goodwill. It it is excessive kindness. Favor in the Hebrew language comes from the word shin, which also means grace. So when you look throughout the Bible, you will see many examples of God's favor, but not necessarily favoritism. Uh, Matthew 5, chapter 43, verses 45 says this. Ye have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Jesus has commanded to the disciples that if we are to be children of God, uh, then they, they, they have to replicate God's character when it comes down to dealing with people. And that means that they have to treat people the same regardless of what group they may be a part of. So you have to love your haters in the same manner you love your neighbors. You, you, you have to make sure that you pray for your haters the same way that you pray for your neighbors. This, this is how God shows his love for us. This is how God shows his mercy for us. This is how God shows his grace for us. He doesn't just do it, watch this, for his children, but he does it for us all. Uh, watch this. It wasn't just all of those who were saved and in right relationship with the Lord who woke up this morning. Uh, so the fact that he woke all of us up means that he showed all of us favor but not with favoritism because if it was favoritism, it would have only been us. God knows how to show favor without showing favor 
baptism. Uh, in Romans chapter number two, verse number 11, it says, for God does not show favoritism. That's New Living Translation. Uh, see, favoritism differs from favor because of the discrimina discriminatory bias that is used to decide who will be the recipient of the excessive kindness. Okay, somebody, you missed it. So, so, so let me give you an example. H here's an example of what is not favor, but favoritism. Uh, if you have uh, two individuals who become addicted to illegal narcotics, one becomes addicted to crack cocaine, the other becomes addicted to heroin, they both get arrested, but the crack addict gets jail time while the heroin addict gets treatment, that's favoritism. Okay, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, see, crack don't make it uh, uh, to certain other neighborhoods. Uh, crack stays in our neighborhoods, and so when crack people or crack addicts are arrested they get time but heroin makes it to other neighborhoods and when they find themselves on heroin they don't get time they get treatment that's favoritism and I'm so glad that God is not like man because when God shows you his favor he is able to do so without showing favoritism because what God will do for you he will do for someone else and he does it with no regards to your race, social class or even your gender. God's favor is extended for all who will receive it because favor does not discriminate. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 3 and 4 says never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then they will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. I love the fact that God not only shows us his favor, but he will also give you favor with man. We see favor with God and man, not just here in Proverbs 3, 3, and 4, uh, but we also see it in Luke chapter number 2, verse number 52. Uh, it says Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in stature and in favor with God and man. Then we also see it in 1 Samuel chapter number 2, verse number 26. It says, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Then in Genesis, God gives Joseph favor with Potiphar. In the book of Esther, God gave Esther favor with the king. In the book of Daniel, God gave Daniel favor with the chief official. And I love this because it helps me to see that favor does not discriminate, but it also helps me to realize that God can use any man or woman to reveal his favor in your life. And this, my brothers and sisters, is the case in our text this morning. Uh, we have a young man by the name of Mephibosheth. And if you don't believe nothing else, I say, believe me when I say this to you, I'll mess this name up at least four times. So just know who I'm talking about. Uh, Mephibosheth here is in our text. And when the text opens up, it opens up with King David trying to find someone from the house of Saul to show kindness or favor to. Verses 1 through 3 of the text says this. One day, David asks, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man named Ziba who had been on uh, one of Saul's servants. He says, are you Ziba? The king asks, yes, sir, I am Ziba. He replied. The king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show kindness to them. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Notice what David says when he asks the question about Saul's living relatives. He simply asks if there is anyone in Saul's family still living so that he can show them kindness or favor. Now, the reason that I am uh, putting an emphasis on the word anyone is because it denotes the fact 
uh, that David shows up with the intentions of showing favor, but not favoritism. Uh, it, it doesn't matter to David who it is. He said, is there anyone left of Saul's family? He did not say, are there any living men from Saul's family? He did not say, it's the oldest of Saul's family still living. He did not say, is there a woman from Saul's family living? He said, I am looking for anyone in Saul's family. Uh, here's what you need to understand. Uh, 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 he, he, he says that, and then Ziba answers him by saying, yes, Jonathan has a son. He's crippled or lame in both feet. Zippa brings up Mephibosheth's handicap, but David doesn't even acknowledge it. Which leads me to my first point this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, when favor seeks after you, uh, it will seek after you in spite of your situation. Uh, David, David is seeking after anybody from the house of Saul to show them kindness for Jonathan's sake. And when he hears that Jonathan has a son, it doesn't matter to him about his situation. And the reason that it does not matter to him about his situation is because favor or the kindness that he wants to extend to him is not contingent upon his condition, but is contingent upon his connection. Somebody missing that. That, that. That's good Good news today. That's a good place for some of us to shout because when God's favor sought us out, we were not in the best condition. But thank God that we were still connected. The same way the zebra pointed out Mephibosheth's condition, the same way he pointed out his weakness, the same way he pointed out his uh, mistakes, it's the same way that the enemy tries to point out our shortcomings. It's the same way the enemy tries to point out our struggles. The same way the enemy tries to point out our weaknesses. But thank God that his favor is not extended based on our condition, but it's extended based on our connection. Look at Mephibosheth's situation. He is lame. He is crippled in both feet, which means here it is that he struggles daily in his walk. He, he's crippled in both feet. You can't be crippled in both feet and walk straight. He, he struggles with his walk. Uh, from day to day, his walk may not be the same. So some of y'all missing this. Uh, some days he don't even feel like walking because it's too much of a struggle. Some, some days he don't want to move because it's too uncomfortable. He struggles with his walk. Uh, uh, but watch this, even in his struggles, he is still connected. Even in his struggles, he is still a part of the family. Even with his struggle, he is still connected by blood. And there are some of us in here today uh, that have situations in our lives that cause us to struggle in our walk. And I'm not talking about a physical walk, but in our walk with Christ. But even in our struggles, God's goodness, God's grace, and God's favor still manifest in our lives because we are still connected. In John chapter number 15, verses 1 through 4, Jesus explains to us the importance of being connected. 
He says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. He says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I don't care how much you may struggle in your walk with Christ, you have to find a way to remain connected because it is your connection to God that keeps attracting the favor of God so regardless of what you may be struggling with in your walk you can't allow it to make you lose your connection you can't allow it to cause a separation between you and God Paul asked the questions in Romans chapter number 8 verse 35 he said who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword but then after he asked the question in verse 35 he answered the question in verses 38 through 39 he said for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord no matter what it is you find yourself struggling with, it does not disqualify you from being a recipient of God's favor. It doesn't keep his favor from seeking after you. David asked the question, is there anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show favor to? Uh, he said, yeah, Jonathan has a son, but he is crippled in both feet. And David's next question is not, well, can he walk a little bit? His next question is not, well, is he the only one? But his next question is, where is he? I'm getting excited because I know what I'm going to say. Why, why, watch this. He, he, he says, where is he? Uh, in spite of Mephibosheth's situation, uh, favor is still seeking him out because the favor don't discriminate. So not only will favor seek after you in spite of your situation, but secondly, when favor seek after you, it will seek after you in your current location. Uh, it's right here, verse 3, verse, verse 3, verse 3 through 5, it says this. Then the, the, the king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show him kindness. Uh, he said, yeah, Jonathan's son is still alive. He he crippled in both feet. He said, where is he? And the king said, he's in Lodabar. Uh, that's what Ziba told him. He's in Lodabar uh, at the home of Makir's son of Emiel. Uh, so David sent for him, and he bought him from Makir's house. Uh, Mephibosheth is being sought out by Faber. And when Faber finally finds him, he's in Lodabar. Lodabar was a town in Gilead. It, it, it was a place stricken with poverty. Uh, th this word Lodabar literally means no pasture. It, it, it means no word. It means no communication. It means no thing. In, in other words, there was no thing in Lodabar. Nothing to where you can get an advantage on life. Uh, Lodabar is equivalent 
to our modern day ghettos. Uh, Lodabar is the hood. Lodabar is the projects. I'm not even going to call out certain hoods. Tempted to. Somebody might get offended. But you get the picture. Uh, Lodabar is a place where the people are at a disadvantage. Uh, see, 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 in, in the hood, uh, there, there are certain resources that people don't get in the hood. Okay, it's going to get it tight right, right, right through here. Uh, that's why when we talk about Operation Standard and we take up money for, for, for hurricane relief and we take up money for fire, vic- uh, fire victims and things like that, uh, we don't send it to Red Cross. I'm not knocking Red Cross. But I've come to understand that everything that make it to Red Cross don't make it cross the tracks. Everything that that, that makes it there does not always reach those that are poor. Uh, so, so, So instead of sending the Red Cross, watch this, we reach out to the hood. If it's a flood in Texas, I call my boy. I say, hey, man, he from the hood. He ain't in the hood no more, though. We're taking up money. I need you to connect me with a church. He connected us with the church, and the money was able to go directly to the people. Uh, and we do that because sometimes resources don't make it to the hood. And I'm saying that because he's in Lodabar, a place where there's no resources. It's hard for life to get better when there are no resources. Now watch this. He now has to adapt to a place he was never designed to be. He was not born in Lodabar. He was born in the palace. He was born in a place where he had advantages. Uh, well, Pastor, how did he get the load of ball? I'm glad you asked. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter number 4, that Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, She picked him up and she fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. Uh, Mephibosheth is in a bad place. And the only reason he's in a bad place is because he was mishandled by someone who was supposed to help him. He's in a bad place. Uh, Because the person he trusted to help him turned out to be the person that hurt him. And because of that, now he's in Lodabar. Because of that, now he's 
in the place where there is no word. And can I suggest to some of you uh, that you are living in a spiritual loader bar uh, because somebody mishandled you. Uh, somebody that was supposed to help you uh, has hurt you. Uh, how do you handle it when somebody who's carried you finally drop you? Uh, it makes you cripple in your walk. Uh, somebody mishandled you uh, when you sat on a row uh, and you sat in a seat uh, and instead of sitting beside you, uh, they had the nerve to tell you you got to get up because uh, you in my seat. Uh, somebody that's supposed to help you uh, has just hurt you. Uh, somebody walked up to you uh, and said, how dare you come in here with that short dress on? Uh, they mishandled you uh, and now they have crippled you because your walk is not the same. You don't pray like you used to pray. You don't praise like you used to praise. You don't sing like you used to sing because somebody has crippled you. And now you're in Lodabar spiritually. Lodabar, no pasture. You're not even getting fed because your heart is callous. Lodabar, no word. You can't even hear God. Because you have an ought against your brother. Lodabar, no thing. Come to church and we see no thing that resembles God. No smile, no love, no hugs, no offering, no thing. Lodabar. Woo, that ain't what you thought when we said favor. <laughs> I know you were ready to shout, uh, but you found yourself in a place well, you can't even receive like you used to because somebody you trusted mishandled you. But watch this. The thing about it is uh, when favor seeks you out, uh, it doesn't matter your location. Uh, I, what I love about this is, is, is David hears that Mephibosheth is in Lodabar and he doesn't go to Lodabar to get him, but he sends someone to Lodabar to bring Mephibosheth to him. Watch this. He, he has him bought to him. Uh, he could have went on his own. Uh, but I believe uh, he wanted him to know, listen, uh, when favor seeks you out, it don't just seek you out, but it brings you out. <laughs> he, he, he says, I, I, I'm not even going to come to you. I'm going to see to it that you get to me. A favor has a way of bringing you out of things that you never thought you would make it out of. And God has a way of reminding you through his favor that you are living beneath your means. He was born in the palace but settled in Lodabar. And God had to let him know this is not who you are. You're better than this. I'm not going to allow you to have life this way. But favor is about to make things get better for you. Better in your home. Better in your situation. Watch this, Lodabar is no longer going to be a part of who you are. So God reminds him that he is the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. And I just told you favor uh, is different from favoritism. Uh, so he won't just tell that to Mephibosheth and not tell it to you. Uh, I need you to know today that you are still the head and not the tail. 
You are above only and not beneath you. You may have been feeling defeated, but God is about to remind you uh, that you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Your struggles uh, may have you feeling like you are nobody, but God is about to remind you through his favor that you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a peculiar people. Watch this. I got to get ready to take my seat lest I hold you too long, but I need for you to understand one more point before I leave. Uh, uh, When favor seeks you out, it will seek after you in spite of your situation. When favor seeks you out, it will seek after you in spite of your location. But lastly, when favor seeks you out, it will seek after you until it exceeds your expectation. I'm still in the text. Still in the text. Miss Pearl, you're looking good with your prayers. It's 1120. We're about to be out of here. They're going to blow your phone up, Miss Pearl. I got a callus on my right foot. I just need you to pray. <laughs> Watch this. Here it is. <laughs> Verse number five. Verse five. Wait. <laughs> so David, David, hey, y'all stop laughing. Stop laughing. So David sent for him and he bought him from a cure home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son, Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? pause right here sometimes you can stay in a situation so long that you allow your situation to dictate who you really think you are he's royalty and when he tells him I'm going to give you all of your grandfather's property he says who am I that you would give something like this to such a a dead dog as me. Don't allow the enemy to make you think you're anything less than who God intended you to be. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't have to settle for what society tries to label you as. You got to know if you don't believe in who you are, how you expect other people to believe in who you are. I walk in a room with my chest stuck out, my head held high. I might not have but one dollar in my pocket, but my father owned the cattle on a thousand hills, and he'll supply all my riches according to his riches and glory. Sometimes you got to understand that you are not your situation. I don't care where I am. I messed around and had somebody buy a plane ticket for me. And since they bought the ticket, I spent the extra money to upgrade it. Short flight to Atlanta. No, it wasn't Atlanta. Where's we going? Indianapolis? I think it was Indianapolis. Now my mama tried to act like we got bougie because when they walked by first class, we didn't speak. Yeah. 
And it wasn't that. But I just had to act like I belong. No, I may not be a CEO. No, I may not be a millionaire. But I still belong here because I know who I am. Just because I had to pay for first class don't mean I'm still not first class. Even when I'm not in first class, I still know who I am. Oh, that's for somebody special. God didn't get that to eight. It ain't favoritism, though. I just forgot. I can't contradict my sermon. But watch this, watch this. He, he says, why would you show such kindness to a dead dog like me? When Mephibosheth received the word that David was looking for him and he was being bought to David, uh, he was afraid. Uh, understand, when you go back and look in the text, when it, it says that when he came, David said to him, don't be afraid. That kind of messed with me for a minute because if I'm in a place of no pasture, if I'm in a place of no word, if I'm in a place of no communication, if I'm in a place of no thing, when I come out of no thing into something, fear shouldn't be what's on my mind. It should be joy. It it should be peace. It, It should be happiness. But the Bible said he was afraid. So that thing baffled me for a minute. And so I said, why is he afraid? Uh, Perhaps he's afraid because he's like a lot of other people uh, who are afraid of doing better. Uh Uh, You've gotten used to being carried. The Bible says he's crippled. He's gotten used to being carried. And there's some people you don't want to do better. You happy with always borrowing money? You happy with always saying, woe is me? You happy with everybody giving you pity? So some people don't want to do better. And so I thought maybe he's afraid because he's afraid to do better. Uh, But that's not it for him. I continued to research and I found out why he was fearful instead of happy. Uh, The reason he was afraid is because back in biblical times, if the king found somebody who was related to the last king, they killed them because they was a threat to the throne. So watch this. He has the favor on his life, but he's still walking in fear. Who am I talking to in this building? The favor of God is all around you. The favor of God is all over you. The favor of God is all in you. And still you are driven by fear. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of sound mind. So he's afraid. He's afraid that David brought him out just to kill him. But David sees Mephibosheth and he, he doesn't kill him, but he shows him kindness. He sees him and he doesn't kill him, but he shows him favor. He, he sees him and he doesn't kill him, but he shows him grace. And he brings him back to the table to eat in the presence of the king. Uh, watch this. Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, he struggled with his walk. But he still ended up 
in the presence of the king. Uh, which means the favor uh, in his life did not change his condition, but it changed his situation. Only God can make sure that even when your condition don't change, your situation will change. He's still crippled, but at least he's at the table. He's still crippled, but at least he's where he's belong. He's still crippled, uh, but he's still among royalty. Uh, and Mephibosheth never expected to be back in the palace. Uh, he never expected to be back at the king table. He never expected to have his own service. Uh, he never expected to have his own farm. But favor showed up uh, and it exceeded his expectations. Uh, the Bible says in verse 11 of the text, uh, Ziba replied, yes, my lord, the king, I am your servant and I will do all that you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. He never received a healing. He still was crippled. He still had trouble with his walk, but yet he was treated just like a son. And can I tell somebody in here, you thought God threw you away because your walk was defected. You thought God had nothing to do with you because you had a struggle every day. But can I tell you that even with your struggles, even with a crooked walk, he still brings you, he brings you to the table. The same favor that David showed Mephibosheth is the same way that God will favor you and I. You may struggle in your life, but God's favor will still seek after you. You may not be where you want to be in life, but regardless of your location, God's favor still seeks after you. And not only will it seek you out, but it'll bring you out. I told you earlier that God shows his favor, but he never shows favoritism, which means if he gives favor to one of his children, he gives favor to all of his children. And when the favor of God is on your life, it will change your life for the better. How do I know that favor changes life for the better? Because Noah had the favor of God and it saved him and his family. Joseph had the favor of God and it opened doors that no man could shut. David had the favor of God and it brought promotion to his life. Esther had the favor of God and it brought influence in her life. Jesus had the favor of God and it brought recognition in his life. And because favor doesn't discriminate, God didn't just give favor to Noah. He didn't just give it to Joseph. He didn't just give it to David. He didn't just give it to Esther and he didn't just give it to Jesus, but he gave his favor to you and I. He gave us his favor when he sent his only begotten son out on Golgotha's hill to die for the sins of the world. And that's why the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Is there anybody here 
this morning that's thanking God for his favor. Anybody here that wants to thank God for his kindness? Anybody here want to thank God for his grace? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Twas blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace, my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. The hour I first believed through many dangers, snarls and snares. I've already come. Twas grace that brought us safe thus far. And grace will lead us on. I got to get out of here. But before we go, tell your neighbor, neighbor, you've been sought out by his favor. And because of that favor, prosperity shall be yours. Because of that favor, healing shall be yours. Because of that favor, restoration shall be yours. Because of that favor, promotion shall be yours. Because of that favor, joy shall be yours. And when you get your prosperity, when you get your healing, when you get your restoration, when you get your promotion, when you get your joy, do me a favor and just say, ah, I know he's all right. Ah, I know he's all right. When you look back over your life and see where he brought you from, do me a favor and say, ah, I know he's all right. When you know you didn't deserve the promotion that he gave you, when you know you didn't deserve the raise you just got, do me a favor and say, ah, I know he's all right. I need to take my seat, but I got to get this off of me. Because when I look back, I didn't deserve all of his blessings. When I look back, I didn't deserve all of his kindness. When I look back, I didn't deserve all of his favor. But yet, here I stand, blessed, prosperous, and healthy. So why wouldn't I say, ah, I know he's all right. Is there anybody in this building that know the Lord's all right? If you know the Lord's all right, shout yes, 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 yes to his will. Yes to his ways. We got to get ready to go. But I feel my help coming. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And because I feel my help, you don't receive help without saying thank you. Thank you for bringing us through six funerals. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you. That when I woke up this morning, my bed wasn't my cooling board. 
tongue was enclosed to the roof of my mouth. My sheets wasn't my winding sheets, but you gave me one more chance. One more chance to cross my T's. One more chance to dot my eyes. Oh, shucks. I have to look back and tell God that when I couldn't trace your hand, I'm so glad that I trusted your heart. I've learned how not to question God, but I've learned to trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding, but in all, all of my ways, I acknowledge him and he shall, he will, he has directed my path every time I turn around, he made a way out of no way, every time I turn around, he opened doors that no one could shut, every time I turn around, he got my back off the wall. And for that, I say thank you. sought out by his favor. If the world think the coronavirus is contagious, they ain't heard about the virus called favor. It spreads faster than any other virus. Favor will hit you and then it'll turn around and hit your neighbor and then after it hit your neighbor, it'll hit his neighbor and it'll spread all throughout this building because favor don't discriminate. I know it's been rough, but he's sitting in favor to get you out of that place, that dark place, that place where there's no word, that place where there's no communication, that place where there's no pasture, that place where there's no thing. God is getting ready to bring you out, and he's going to bring you out with his favor, favor in your home, favor in your marriage, favor on your job, favor in your finances, favor in your family. Favor in your neighborhood. Favor in your church. Favor, favor, favor. Favor, favor, favor. Favor, favor, favor. Watch this, watch this. Because uh, I know y'all, y'all like me. Uh, you, you, you don't like to answer your phone uh, when it's a number you don't know. Uh, but this week, this week, <laughs> Don't you overlook a number you don't know. You don't know what God is about to do. God will send favor your way in the least likely places. It might even say spam notification. But if you answer that phone instead of spam, it'll be the spirit saying that which you have prayed for is now knocking at your door. Favor!
He heard your prayer. He heard your cry. And he's sending favor. Favor found Mephibosheth. And it didn't come from a pastor. It didn't come from a deacon. It came from a man. Stop putting so much emphasis on titles and thinking somebody with a title is about to bring you some favor. It could be the person that sit behind you that you never speak to that has your breakthrough. I joked earlier about Miss Pearl praying, but the truth of the matter, sometimes it takes the mother of the church and not the pastor of the church because there's just as much spirit. I don't mean to bust your bubble, but favor don't always mean money. Somebody, you've been praying for your children. You're trying to figure out when they're going to get it right, when they're going to get the picture. And God has been steady working on their heart. God says, I know the plans that I have for them, plans to prosper them and not to destroy them, plans to give them an expected end. That's still favor. here's the thing about it when favor comes you don't have to try and explain why you're able to receive it because you belong at the table Mephibosheth didn't walk like any of David's children but he had a place at the table here's why your place at the table is not predicated upon your body, but his blood. He sent his son so that you could sit at the table. You may not be as polished as everybody else, but you belong. You may not even be as smart is everybody else but you belong and don't let anybody else tell you any different God does not think any more of me than he thinks of you but before that go to your head he don't think any more of you than he thinks of me because God is in the favor business not favoritism Y'all don't know when to shout. That, that, that means this. Here it is. That means if one person in here received that word and favor hits their house, it's got to hit yours too. Because huh? he's not going to do for one what he's not going to do for another. I'm done standing to your feet all over the building. Perhaps you're here today. You don't know the Lord in the free part of your sins. 
What must I do to be saved? It's simple. The Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus shall be saved.